Well, hello everyone. Welcome back once again to Gritty Serendipity. And you are listening to the Entrepreneur Series, a brand new series which showcases the incredible entrepreneur journey of some of the unheard voices. And I'm your host, Chetna Desai. Our guest today is Masha, who is working full-time as a tech director at Accelerate Change Network. She shared nuggets on how she growth hacked her career in tech and why you should do as well. You'll be amazed at her non-linear career route that she took to land in technology and data science field. I'll start with the fact that my undergrad is in English philology, and then I got another one in photography. So I have two undergrads, um, both from Spain, um, completely not related to what I do right now. And I started working as a graphic designer as my first job. Actually, as a photographer, as my first job in SF. Became graphic designer, uh, became marketing person, studied marketing at Berkeley Extension at night, studied statistics a little bit, thought that marketing needed some numbers in it, some analytics. So learned all that, mostly on practice. Never had any theory background in mathematics or statistics. Um, so time passed, things happened. Um, and I will talk about this later, but I decided to transition into technology. And this was six years ago, I would say five, maybe. So we're talking about 2015, 2016. Um, I said, okay, I'm going to go in the technology field. And there was a few reasons that really prompted me to do so. One factor was economical. At that point, I was a single parent with two kids needing to survive in the area. The only good salaries you can find easily where you don't have to fight for jobs when jobs fight for you is technology. So I said, okay. I probably can learn how to code. That At that point, it seemed like a wild dream, like something I could never attain, actually. I remember one day looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, I will never be able to code. And that's not true because I can write and I can write a th- tons of code as of today. It took five years. Um, so financial was probably the biggest one. Um, the other thing I started, I started a startup where it was my idea. I did things. I understood how to... Um, how the product should work, who the customer are, um, do the customer discovery, but I never coded. So I was trying to look for technical co-founder, failed really badly. Nobody would, those who would join would quit. Uh, the good people wouldn't join. So at some point I grew to a point of desperateness and said, help with that. I'll just know how to code. I'll code my product. And that's what I did actually then. So this is what second real push was besides make the need to make money is to help with fi- looking for a co-founder. I'll be the technical co-founder and I'll find people who actually will help me to sell or raise funding. So I kind of reversed the roles because I didn't see other way. How could I proceed after too many failures? So this was the other thing. And the third thing that happened, I got into working into Accelerator about three or four years ago. And I started as a content writer. They hired me because I had Spanish background and I had philology. So they need somebody to write in Spanish um, and in English. I studied there and I realized very fast in the game, like probably a couple of months in, I realized that they did a lot of testing, A-B testing. And I got super interested. I was like, okay, I want to be a B tester. That was great because they never stopped me. They said, okay, you want to be a B tester? Go ahead. So I started not just writing the content, I started testing. And I discovered this is a gold mine. Like testing is the best thing ever. I fell deeply in love, like literally spent hours designing tests, knew nothing about testing, learned it like 
on YouTube, on Udemy, on Coursera, reading books, um, listening to podcasts, to videos, to whatever. Whatever, like now you can learn everything for free or, or almost for free online. So I started learning a lot, started designing tests, run tons of tests. So I probably did like, you know, hundreds of tests, not hundreds, but like tens of tests more than other people on the team just because I was curious. The tests were really bad. So I wouldn't even tell my manager that I ran them. I would like run a test and be like, oh shit, this is like really bad result. But the fact when you run a lot, you have some successes. What I would like to say is like, if you run two tests, you'll probably get something average. You will like get your average results. If you run 20 instead of two, you will have 18 that have average results, one very bad and one very good. So your chances of success um, go up by like 10 times or 20 times. So this is kind of what helped me to, as I was running more tests, I learned more. And I got very interested in statistics. And this is where I decided, okay, I want to be able not to only run tests, which is growth hacking per se as a profession. At that point, I was like a lead experimenter, which is literally a growth hacker. Um, and I decided I will learn data science. She then goes on to sharing her self-learning journey and how to push the envelope constantly. I didn't know where to start. I was completely discouraged because I was like, okay, I don't know how to code. I never wrote around the code. I don't understand programming. I don't even know what I don't know, which was the scariest part. So I started with a Coursera. I went like a couple of years ago. I did, I studied with R. So I started learning R. It was interesting. When I was in the Coursera class, I understood what I had to do. The moment I closed the screen, I was like, I have no idea what to do and how. Um, I felt stupid most of my time. And you can kind of get used to like this not knowing things. So I started asking questions. What, what really R gave me, I don't use R right now, I use Python mostly, but what R gave me is it gave me total permission to ask questions because I was absolutely zero. And I started bugging everybody with questions. At some point in my company right now where I work, they call me the question queen because I, I ask questions nonstop. I ask my team, I'm actually doing some um, mentorship and, and um, coaching of my team, how to ask good questions. So I realized that if you don't have a good question, and I'm talking even technical question in data science, if you don't have a good question, you're not going to have a good experiment, you're not going to have a good results. And it's hard to have a good question. It's not so simple. There's books written about that. I read tons of them, and there is tons that I haven't read that I want to read still. Um, but I started focusing on questions a lot. And these questions were about how to learn more in data science, but also how to run a good experiment for my team, for my work. And at the same time, I was start starting to build my startup, which also required the same skills of writing, slicing, and parsing databases for words. So in a, in a way, there was a lot of synergy of what I was learning. Sometimes you will be astonished how a learning from a random sport can help feed the other skills in life. This is exactly what happened to Masha. The two things that really happened is I started, I decided to go into technology because that's where my heart was. And I decided to go into martial arts. Um, how those two related, I don't know, but I guess the both things were new and scary. And this is the two things that people are not used to start when they're 37. People think that you have to be in martial arts since you're five-year-old and you have to be in technology since you're 12 or at least 18. And if not, you won't succeed. You can still do it. I'm totally for studying late in life. I think then you do it more thoughtfully and not just because your parents told you to do so. What 
martial arts taught me is that to win a tournament, you have to fail many others. Um, I won some, but I failed more before. And martial arts is a man game. So like there is mostly men. It's just me. Maybe there is like two, three women for 200 men. So you fight with somebody. So literally you're always on the mat and I do jujitsu and um, kickboxing. You're always on the mat in the dojo with guys who are stronger, younger and heavier. And you still have to win. And that's a challenge. And that's, I can't tell you how many times I went in tears to the bathroom after. Because I was like, I can't believe that. Like they like choke me and they kill me. And I just, and it repeats every six minutes because every round is six minutes. And you do maybe 10 of those a day each time. And I went almost every day. So being complete fail day in, day out, but still learning that you are getting stronger, actually. You are just in this dojo where everybody is better than you. You keep failing. But if you're outside on the street and somebody hits you, you're actually not that bad. You probably can survive. You have a chance. Um, and then at some point, you start becoming better after like years. Like three years in and you realize, oh, I can choke people. I can, you know, take them down easily. I'm in better shape. And I started at 37 and nobody would believe you're like even that age. Um, so I competed when I was 40. I won some very local tournaments. Not a big deal. It was important for me. Uh, it was important for me because I lost so much before. Like I knew how many losers you have to do to actually have a win. At the same time, I was getting into technology and coding. And comparing to martial arts, technology wasn't that hard. You get beaten up. You feel completely idiot. I felt like I was the only person asking questions all the time who would be like bugging people in my company, my friends who know, who knew how to code, people on the internet. I would be like seeing some answers in Reddit or GitHub or somewhere and be like, hey, how do you do that? And people are like, maybe you should learn this first. And I'm like, great. The problem is I didn't know what I didn't know. It's like, this is like the, the black hole. So in my head, like programming, and it still is, it's like this statics which has holes and I have no idea. Like none of the levels can go down because I still don't have a full understanding even five years in, but I can write decent code and solve problems in practice. And little by little, you learn how to do things. Next, she beautifully articulates the benefits of changing careers midlife from a non-tech to tech. Let's start with, I'll just go from the importance of career change in your midlife. And I'll go into that, why it's important, not just for yourself, but for us as a society to succeed, I think, um, especially in technology, because this is the only way we can bring two different fields of knowledge together. And the further you are from tech, the more we need people like that in technology. And I think it's super important that people who are artists, people who are um, sports people, um, fitness trainers, um, teachers, doctors, they go in technology at some point, or vice versa, because this is the only way the real depth of knowledge in technology and AI will be achieved. If when you start studying technology, you get into this box of learning only technical stuff and you don't learn so much about in depth about the profession on practice, because you don't practice, you're not a doctor, you're not a teacher, you're not a marketer, you're not a photographer. Once you're not a philologist, um, once you've worked somewhere for like, let's say 10 years. If for whatever reason you decide to change careers and you go in technology, what you don't realize, yes, you're starting from zero in technology and it's freaking scary. I'm the first one to say that. It is scary because you always feel you don't know anything because you don't and you feel stupid most of the time. However, the what 
you are bringing it's the baggage from your previous profession into that. And this depth of knowledge on pr- and practical knowledge, not just th- theory knowledge, is priceless because it can be applied and the dots connect where you don't expect at all. So all the knowledge on all your experience, even on emotional level, is in your in your brain. You just don't realize it. And when the time comes, when you need to build something, when you need to write a code differently, suddenly something clicks and you do things completely differently. And we need this perspective. Because as a society, even to... And I talk a lot about society because I think one by one we are worth nothing as people. But as a society together, as a network of people, we can do great things. We can take rockets to space. Um, we can build cars. We can, you know, heal people and, um, you know, teach people and everything. And it's super important to have this cross um, abilities in one person because this is when great things happen. A refreshing perspective on why tech and data science in particular is a great profession for women. Why I think technology professions, I mean, I will speak for data science, but any other also, is a great place. Because you don't have to stand for yourself, you don't have to defend yourself. The numbers show up. Like, as long as you do the job, you don't have to verbally uh, be aggressive or defensive. In other professions like marketing or more subjective, where there is no clear numbers why you are better than others or in artistic or anything else, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove it in words. And sometimes if the the other party, be it man or woman, they have more authority, more powerful voice, they can outspeak you. And I've been in the situations in and out all the time, day in, day out. So I would highly suggest that technology is much better profession for women just because you can do your research, do your numbers, run your stats, ask your questions, do your experimentation, and have the numbers and present them and say, okay, if we do it this way, this is what we get. You do it this other way, this is what we get. I suggest we do this, but it's up to you. And that's it. And you don't have to prove yourself. You just do your job. And it's so much more calming, and it gives you a lot of confidence, I have to say, that you know you don't have to verbally explain Oh, I think this is better because this and that, because my opinion, green green button is better than red button. No, you have a test that shows that green is better and then it's up to you what you want to do. You want this? If you have some ethical restrictions why you can't run the green and you want red, fine, but you know the numbers. I'm not saying numbers are the king. I'm not saying that. I think leadership is beyond that. I think you have to lead with your innovation. So I would always advocate that Especially if a woman doesn't know where to go, technology is a great place. Just because you will have a good salary, you will uh, be able to provide for yourself and be independent. That's so important. So you can actually make your own choices. And you will probably have more jobs than than you need. Like you'll have more offers. When I was in marketing and I would apply for marketing or business development jobs, you have to fight with equally good or better people and you have to prove because you need a job simply to pay your bills. When you're in technology, you actually don't have to prove much. You just have to do your job well. You have to be passionate about this. It shows. But then the number shows. Like You can either write the code, either you can't. You either can run this data thing or you can't. And that's it. And finally, to round up our conversation, here's her take on technical interviews and her genuine advice for interviews in general. Technical interviews, I would suggest not to be scared about them. I run right now technical interviews for people. 
And I don't look at if you can solve the problem. I don't expect people to solve the problems we give them on technical interviews. What I look is, do you think in the right direction? Do you ask questions? But I think the biggest fault is not asking questions. If you go to an interview and have no questions, like it's probably not the right job for you anyway. Just trust me like there. Like, it's not that I don't want you, but you should have questions because if I would tomorrow tell you, okay, you got the job, run this by yourself. If you can 100% do it, that's a different story, but probably you can't. So you should have had these questions like, oh, why do you do it like this? Or how do you come to this conclusion? Or why do you think this is better than that? Or if I had to run it in this platform, how would I do it? So questions are super important, but as long as you're curious and you're open to learn, I think nowadays what you know when you come somewhere, I think it's more about how long, how much you can learn and how fast and how open you are to things you don't know. Like how open you to say, hey, I have no idea about that. I, I don't know, but I can learn. Um, that's what I look at people. I look at people, the ability to say, I don't know this, but let me find it out. And then get back to me within 24 hours and say, hey, I Googled this. I think this could be the solution. And I really don't care if the solution is right. What I care is that you try to search it. I think it's very important being resource- resourceful in this way, in in thoughtful way, like thinking, how can I solve it and not giving up and not being, like, oh, that's not my job. Because that's what you don't want. Like if you're going to solve problems in data, you can't say that's not my job. Like it is interesting anyway. Like, you know, you have to be young in your brain and be like, oh, how do I do that? I have no idea. Okay, let's figure it out. And I'll make 300 mistakes, but you know, we'll figure it out. And that, my friends, should do it for this episode of Entrepreneur Series. Got feedback? Message me on the Facebook page at the rate Gritty Serendipity. And do not forget to subscribe to my podcast on your favorite iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you will never miss a new episode again.